Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 289 is with Jeremy Hobson from the podcast, The Middle. I'm doing great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. I want you to know that uh, while this is, this is serving the people, this podcast, because you are coming into this area of, of transitioning news to real people at a time when, my God, the world's at war and we have a presidential election. We can't get anybody as Speaker of the House and we need to know what the entire country is talking about. And your focus is on the middle of the country. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's really you know it's it's simple at its core, but the fact is, as somebody who grew up in the middle of the country, I think it's really important that these voices be a part of our national conversation on a weekly basis, and not just you know the usual suspects that get to spend all day long as talking heads sitting in New York and Washington and other places on the coast talking about what's going on uh, in very polarized ways. I think we ought to have voices from the political middle, the geographic middle, much more of a part of our conversation. Yeah, because we always sit there and we hear these stories about the Iowa caucus and we hear about the primaries in middle America. And it's like, who, who are these people? I traveled through it once coming from Montana, but I don't know who they are as people. Exactly. And, and by the way, I grew up in central Illinois. I could not have uh, a more different existence than somebody who grew up in Iowa or somebody who grew up in Indiana or somebody who grew up in Michigan. They're very different places. And I think that that is the, that's the, the sort of coastal view of the broad middle of the country is that it's all one big blob. Well, it's not. It's just as sort of dynamic and interesting and complex as other places in this country. And you also have people who don't spend every minute thinking about politics and what's good for the red team and what's good for the blue team. There are obviously some people who do that, but not everybody. And I think bringing in those voices that are just more interested in the rational, reasonable way to get things done and not just what's going to help this member of Congress or that member. You're so right about that because growing up in the state of Montana as farmers, we got out there in those fields in the daytime. There wasn't any there was anything about politics or anything like that until the Mercantile Report came up at 12 o'clock during that news period. Other than that, we got to get, we had to get back out into those fields again because uh, you know, survival was everything to us out there. Exactly. I mean, I grew up uh, the child of two uh, classical pianists and they had. I was one of seven children. And they had a lot to think about that, you know, they were engaged in terms of they watched the news and they read the news, but they were not, I, they never talked to me about politics when I was a kid. Like it just wasn't a thing that we talked about. They wanted to make sure that we had enough food to put on the yep. table and, you know, that we, everybody got to their, you know, baseball practice or whatever, but it, that, that, that's what they were worried about. And I think that's for most people. They're, they're not sitting there thinking about politics every minute. You know, what's really interesting about you and the podcast is the fact that you, you are really getting yourself involved in this in a way that, that God, man, back in 2012, when I started the big company said, we don't know what you're doing. Just keep doing it. We'll figure it out later. But man, you have figured it out because not only do you have the podcast where anybody at any time can tune in, but my God, you NPR is going to put you on at night, which is just so incredible because that's when most people are free from their jobs. Yeah, you know, we and and it's it it is on NPR stations, but it's actually an independent production. Um, we we went out and and sold it to individual stations uh, ourselves and got it on at this point almost 380 stations around the country including uh, I think six of the top 10 markets right now are carrying the show. So it is, and that's, that's what really makes it amazing is that it's, it, it is, in addition to the podcast, it's a live show that's on live because it's in the evening. It can be on live almost everywhere where it's airing. They're not putting it on a tape delay time. So you have hundreds of people trying to call in 
Uh, and therefore, we get just really amazing uh, callers. Last night, we did a, a show on um, on opioid uh, addiction and the opioid crisis, and we had a guy that was on his way to rehab after having uh, OD'd on fentanyl two days ago, and it was just such a, a powerful call to hear across the country. Listeners need to understand that that when you when you bring people onto the show, it's real people, and and that's that's what's going to be fascinating about this. Sure, you're going to have some people that might be an expert in it, but you're everybody's going to learn together. Right, and, and yeah, we have two panel guests on the show, and because it's done in the evening, I wanted to have like a, a DJ, like a late night yes. talk show, so we have this guy <laughs> Tolliver, who's awesome, who grew up on the south side of Chicago, he's a funk musician, he's there with us, but then, yes, we have everyday people, we have calls from around the country, I try to get to as many as we can in the hour, and we end up getting to probably up to 10 calls in the course of, of the hour-long show, and they are coming from all over the place, and I've said to the stations, even the coastal stations that took this show, I said, look, if the rest of public radio uh, waits the day 80-20 towards the coast, we're going to wait at 80-20 towards the middle. It doesn't mean you can't get on the show if you're calling from Boston or Philadelphia or Charlotte, but it does mean that we are going to try to bring the voices from the middle forward because they don't have anywhere else. So how do you come up with each night's subjects? Because the reason why I bring that up is because I, I believe that I'm that I'm a, a silent wolf. I sit beneath the, the, the limbs of the trees and I watch the world and therefore I, that comes becomes my subjects. Is it the same thing for you? Is that you, you're just sitting here watching everybody go by? That's my subject tonight. Look, we have a running list, and, and every time we come up with a good one, we put it on there. But we've done, uh, you know, we're, next next show is going to be the um, Are Our Politicians Too Old? Yeah. Um, this week, you know, we did the opioid crisis. We did Israel and Gaza. We did the first show that we did uh, as we started about a month ago was um, How Do You Talk to People That You Disagree With Politically? So we're just sort of trying to line up different shows that might be interesting to people. But I also don't want to just be a regurgitation of the echo chamber of sort of political right. talk shows. I, I don't want to just talk about what everybody else is doing. I actually am interested in bringing forward other topics. And by the way, on the opioid one, you know, that is a subject that is so important to so many people around this country, and it gets pushed aside constantly by other news, whether it's a, you know, a war in the Middle East or whether it's an economic calamity or whatever. But I'm glad we took an hour to actually talk about that last night because it was it's an important issue that matters. Yeah, a lot of people aren't talking about it because we're trying to get around it. But, dude, I'm that guy who, who speaks at funerals, when it, op- opioid funerals. And, right. and because I've got the courage and the confidence to step up there because I, I know the friends that are addicted are coming in there to see uh, or say so long to their friend. And it's like I, I got to get that message into their hearts when they step outside of that church. It, 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 it's a new world, hopefully. Absolutely. And we had a we had a caller that that was on his way to rehab after having overdosed on fentanyl uh, a couple of days earlier. We had a caller who was whose son was shot in the head. Mm. Uh, it was an addict. His son is shot in the head. And she said it saved his life because it actually woke him up to what was going on. Um, I mean, it's just just amazing the people that called in. You got real authentic with the Israel and uh, Hamas story. I mean, I, I I was so gripped into that, and I'm thinking, my God, this is interesting that that a podcast has got my attention so deeply, and I was emotionally involved in it. Yeah, and and by the way, that was the topic that we changed a few days before. We we weren't going to do that. I mean, obviously, the attack in Israel hadn't happened yet, um, but that weekend, I. I talked to my my team and and was like let's let's change topics and we did and 
I, they were worried. They said, what, Jeremy, you got to be careful about this one. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up the phones live to people on this very emotional topic. And in the end, I couldn't believe it. People were really, it was, it was a, it was a civil conversation where people had really good questions about what was going on and what it meant for them. Um, and, and I'm glad that we did it. One of the things that uh, we in radio and broadcasting and podcasting never, ever talk about are the phone screeners, the importance of that person, because they've got to know and they do know the rules. Who's getting on the air and why are you calling? Exactly. And I I have a couple of incredibly good call screeners. And, um, you know, that is the, the one thing is, I will say. I don't get to see them in action because I am on the air during when yep. they're there. So I have to rely on my producer who's like, wow, they did a really good job tonight. You know, they had to, so they had to, you know, deal with this person or that person or this person called back in and said, why didn't you put me on the air? Um, but yes, call screeners are very important. The other thing that, that we do have that people don't talk about that much is an eight second delay, <laughs> so, which we have not knock on wood had to use yet. But if somebody were to swear or something like that, we can, Uh, erase the last eight seconds of the show and nobody will be any the wiser. Live radio broadcasting versus podcasting. That's two complete different beasts. How are you handling that, Jeremy? Well, look, I think good content is good content. And my hope is that the live show provides good enough content that it is uh, great to listen to the next day or two days later or three days later uh, than it actually is on live. Um, I, you know, I think the one thing that we have to be careful about in that sense is, you know, last night our live show was on at 9 p.m. Eastern time. President Biden spoke at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Now, he spoke not about what we were talking about, but do I come on the show and say, well, we just finished listening to President Biden? I didn't do that because uh, somebody's going to listen to this today. Somebody's going to listen to this tomorrow, and they're not going to care that that happened two minutes before we you know, got, got on the air. But I think... Um, there is something really special about live. There is not just as a listener, but as somebody who's on the live show, when my guests are on the live show, they're walking a tightrope in a way that you're just not when you're taped and, and they have to be more authentic. And I think that in the end, what Americans are looking for is authenticity. Yep. And, and I, that's why I think the middle plays into that too, because it's people that are not saying I want to help red team or blue team. I'm actually trying to, you know, move forward in my life and find solutions to things. And I, and I think that makes it more authentic, but I think live makes it more authentic. One of the things that listeners need to do when they tune into the podcast is, but please start at episode number one, because I love that little interview banter that you did, because it really set me up as a listener on what I should expect, because you, you're going into this as, as a broadcaster and a podcaster, but you're also going into it to be a connector. Yeah, and I think that's the other meaning of the middle is meet in the middle. Um, and, and I think whether you actually think of yourself as somebody who's in the political middle or whether you're in the geographic middle or whether you are in the middle as a state of mind, doesn't matter if you are willing to meet in the middle and hear from people who disagree with you. And I think what could be more American than that, than, than actually being willing to have a conversation and listen to different points of view. That's the amazing thing about being in a melting pot country. We have people with all different views who come from different backgrounds, have different ideas about things, but we are willing to talk to each other and be in the same room with each other and, and, and thrive because of that. Um, you know, so I think 
um, th- yeah, meeting in the middle is a big part of what this show is. Wouldn't you say our connection with you, Jeremy, is because you're so transparent and you're so real. You aren't afraid. You're not hiding behind rocks. You're openly gay. And it's, it's like you're saying, I'm just you guys, man. I, we're, we're having a conversation here. Let, let's just meet in the middle, like you say. Look, I think uh, I hope that that's the case, that people see that I'm just I'm, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm just trying to tell you, you know, what, what I'm thinking and be a little more open and honest about about things. I will say, though, that the fact that this is an independent production, um, yeah, obviously we have a connection with iHeart because of the podcast yeah. and we're on all these public radio stations. But I don't have an NPR behind me as I have in the past. We This is an independent production. And I think the fact that it's an independent production makes it easier for me to not have to think about what I'm saying as much as I have in the past. I don't have to answer to a boss um, at, at NPR who says, well, you, you can, I don't think you should do the show in yes. Israel and Gaza because we got to be careful about this or that. Not that they would necessarily say that, but it, you know, it, it does increase, I think, the authenticity to, to be able to be, this is just a, this is just a show that, that I'm doing and um, I don't have to answer to anybody. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up because the uh, the one thing that you know when I transitioned into doing it by myself, it was like all of a sudden you have this 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 heart full of freedom. But then it's like, well, what are we going to talk about? And now it's a different sort of business. Are you relying on any of the old tricks that your program directors and news directors shared with you? It's like it's like it's like when when your parents would tell you to do something and you're going no, and then when you become an adult, it's like yeah, you, I, I understand why they said it. <laughs> well, I there are a lot of things that I am learning as I go. I mean, one of the things is that I, I'm a I'm, I'm a small business owner now. I have to learn things like how to use QuickBooks <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But I think in terms of the broadcasting, um, I've definitely picked up tricks from from different places uh, along the way. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to overthink everything. I, there is something about the live aspect and just being reactive in the moment. You know, I used to watch like Larry King live when I was yes. growing up. Yes. Um, and, and I, and which by the way is on at the exact same time as the middle is live 9 PM Eastern time. Um, I think that there's something really nice about the evening um, for a show like this. It's just a little bit more relaxed, but the other thing, one thing I did, I, I've stolen now from Larry King live twice to, on two different shows is we've been using some historic tape about the topic to go into the break. Mm. So like right before we go into our two little breaks in the middle of the show, um, our DJ will say, listen to this clip from this thing that happened in the past. And in the Israel and Gaza episode, we played um, a clip of Bill Clinton talking about the Oslo peace accords in the nineties. And we played a clip of Tom Brokaw talking about the Yom Kippur war in the 1970s. And it was just this, Interesting little thing that, by the way, I remember, you know, Larry King, we were talking to Bette Midler or something, and then you'd go into the break with this old clip of her on a movie <laughs> from long ago. So do you still consider yourself to be a, prod, a, a, a broadcaster versus a podcaster versus a journalist? Because that's been one of my biggest struggles. I tell people, yeah, I've been in, in broadcasting for 44 years. Dude, dude, you've been a podcaster for the past 12. No, that doesn't qualify. <laughs> I, look, I still have way more uh, experience in broadcasting, yeah. but I do see that the podcast, if this show is going to be successful, the podcast is going to be a huge part of that. So, by the way, I hope everybody goes and downloads The Middle with Jeremy Hobson on their podcast app because that's that's how, that's how we're going to make enough money to keep this show going. I want to learn more as much as I can, and I'm trying to do that as we go, but I also you know, the, the broadcast version is on hundreds of stations around the country. I, I want to make sure that I don't lose sight of that. 
uh, as we as we do the show. Yeah, yeah. So how how are you dealing with the numbers? In other words, that's one of the biggest addictions for a lot of podcasters. You know, it's like, oh, let me see my analytics. How are you keeping yourself away from that? Do you have you have yourself a bodyguard to say, Jeremy, don't do it. Don't go near the numbers. We don't care right now. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that. I should stop doing that. I have been looking at the <laughs> numbers. I, <laughs> I'm like, oh well, you know, we're in early stages. It'll go up. Um, no, but I, the, 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 what I, what I'm focusing on is um, right now at this beginning point is is the number of stations that we're on live because that is at this point as we grow the podcast, the, the live stations are a huge part of our audience. Um, you know, I just am pleased to, to see this morning. Um, that uh, Chicago Public Radio is now put us permanently on their schedule, which brings us to six of the top ten markets in the country, nice. which is really great. Especially as somebody who grew up in Illinois, I'm very excited about that. But um, yeah, you know, it's hard to. I want to just focus on doing the show. The, the the longer we go on, the more we do, the more I get my team, you know, up to speed on how to like make sure we book the best guests and get the right information for me to read in advance of the programs, et cetera the more I can just focus on doing the show, which is what I want to do. I, I want to, I love being, I love broadcasting as I'm sure you do. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And, I want to focus on that, not on analytics. Show prep is everything, Jeremy. I'm, I'm already working on next week's interviews and conversations. So how far in, adva- in advance do you do your stuff? You know, I mean, I am glued to the news all the time. So <laughs> if it's something like the, 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 the war in Israel and Gaza, you know, I'm already, I'm already prepped on that in, in some ways. And, and, you know, in 10 years of hosting here and now in Marketplace Morning Report and before that many years as a reporter and producer, I've covered a lot of things. So I have a general base of knowledge on certain things. But in terms of prepping for a show like the opioid crisis show that we just did, you know, in, in oh, probably a week of yep, just kind of yep. like I'm not spending every waking minute, but I also when I go talk to friends, I'll ask them about it. And maybe that will give me something that that will be a, something I can use in the show even more than if I read it in an article. Man, I'm so proud of you. I am just so proud of you because you are that bridge between two different worlds. And now we need to get you on television so you can have, be a part, you know, become that king of all media. <laughs> <laughs> Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Jeremy. You too. We got to get you on the middle. All right, let's do it. Hey, well, let's do it. Will you be brilliant today, okay? Thank you so much. You too.